Last week, where we left off, here's the the 30-second recap for those of you who weren't here last week. We're launching off on a six-week series called A New Design for Living. And our um, motif, if you will, of last week is that each one of us can be an architect, a designer for our lives. That we have the tools, we have the know-how, we have the ability. We, through our intentions, through our thoughts, through our actions, we can truly be the architects of our life. So that it can outplay the way we want to, so our lives are full of joy, full of love, full of peace, full of everything that our hearts desire bring to us. We can be the architects of that. And Ernest Holmes, in this book, had a couple little caveats about that. He said, oh yeah, and there are a couple things that you have to do. One of them, he said, is that we have to make space for newness by being willing to get rid of the thoughts, the ideas, the happenings, even sometimes the people and the places from our past. We have to be willing to let go of them if they're no longer serving us, if they're still keeping us down or still limiting us. We have to be willing to release them. And then he said one other thing is, we have to be willing to see new possibilities in the world. We have to be able to recognize that our life isn't limited by just the definition of what it's been so far. That when we look around the world and see the infinite possibilities, that we can say, and yes, those are infinite possibilities for me, <laughs> not just for other people, not just for uh, you know, someone who's younger or prettier or whatever it is. The infinite possibilities of the universe are mine. And we need to be able to, to seize them, to create the ideas that will help create them lavishly in our own mind. We need to be able to step forward sometimes when the way is not charted all that well. And so today, we're going to talk about change. And I think even just the idea of a significant change in our life can bring about a little bit of anxiety. So I wanted to start out with an example of change um, in terms of a little bit of a joke. So this one comes in the form of a letter to a young woman. My dearest Susan, sweetie of my heart, I've been so desolate ever since I broke off our engagement. Simply devastated. Won't you please consider coming back to me? You hold a place in my heart that no one else can ever fill. I can never marry another woman without thinking of you. I need you so much, and I'm willing to make whatever changes that you think are necessary. Won't you please forgive me and let us make a new beginning? Yours always and truly, John. Uh, P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. (laughs) So do you ever feel that your life is at the whim of the universe, right? Winning the lottery maybe, but also having to deal with the Johns of the world. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it seems that we are here really to be buffeted by change. Um, Literally, that no matter where we... And in fact, isn't there also another joke that there's nothing constant but change? Do you know what I mean? That no matter where you go, there's going to be change. And so often, our reaction to it is very visceral. So often, our initial reaction is kind of a, (gasps) you know, here it comes. And I have a theory about it. I think that we fear change 
because change represents a something that we can't control very well we don't know what's ahead and we have this idea that if we can control everything and keep it static so that there aren't changes the pain that we're experiencing will never get worse now this of course is very sad I mean think about it but also isn't it true if I keep things the way they are I can tolerate it whatever's kinda going wonky in my life right now if I keep things exactly the same it won't get any worse well of course this isn't the message that we portray on Sundays right <laughs> quite the difference we're here to tell you that anything is possible that our lives are are open and filled with potential but then we're back to that change thing we have to be willing to strike out a new path even if it's uncharted we need to be able to take a direction even if it isn't clear to us but I want to help um, portray this a little bit before we move on to the good news let's spend just another moment in the awkward news and I asked for a couple of volunteers here to do um, a little psychodrama with me now no worry you two are not the psychos I'm the psycho today so no worries about that but uh, uh, Sharon and June can can you come up on the on the platform here for a second and I'm gonna um, illustrate a, a couple changes that potentially could come your way let's start with June June has the um, the honor of playing my boss today I've always wanted to do that. I know, I'm a little, I'm a little scary, but I think it'll be all right. <laughs> Larry, I've invited uh, you in to talk today to let you know I won't be your boss much longer. The company is laying off 25% of the workforce, and I'll be one of the first ones to go. Until more information on reorganization comes out, you'll be working for Debbie. You'll be assuming the job responsibilities for, two, for the two other analysts that are leaving. It means that some of your job duties will change, and you may require additional training. I know this seems like a lot to digest, but try not to think about it too much. <laughs> Productivity is still the most important thing. Productivity also determines who will get to stay when the layoffs are complete. It's been great working with you. I wish you the best in the future. Who knows, when the dust settles, we might both be working together again somewhere else. Bye. Great. Great. How do you like that? Oh, my gosh. Thank you, June. Yes, thank you. So if you're like me... My initial reaction is, oh, shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like this is the potential for turning my life into a nightmare. First of all, she practically told me that I'm next on the list. You know what I mean? It's like, watch that productivity because the layoffs aren't over yet. And then, of course, here's June, too, as my boss. And I'm thinking, easy for her to say she's getting the golden parachute. She's out with a full retirement and, like, I'm here holding the bag. I'm going to have half of her work to do and the work of a couple other people. And, and productivity's number one. It's like... Thank you very much. Luckily, all this is going on in my head, and hopefully, hopefully I have the presence of mind not to just blurt it all out. 
But I got to tell you, anger rises up in me, and I'm really close to saying something like, uh, well, no wonder this company is going to hell in a handbasket. With management like this, it's what they can expect. And frankly, maybe I don't even give that much of a darn anymore for a company that would treat its employees like this. And you can tell I'm... <gasps> okay, phew. But luckily, luckily, I made it through the day at work and have now come home to my loving wife, Sharon. Hey, babe. <laughs> and that's really the way she talks to me in real life, too. <laughs> Sorry you're home so late. I was hoping that we'd get a chance to really talk. Oh, great. I've decided to go back to school. You know, I've always wanted to finish my degree, and so I signed up. I know you might be worried. Our finances have been a little tight for a while. So I decided that we could save a little money if I stayed at mom's during the week. You know, she lives so close to campus. That way I won't have all the gas money and the travel time. I'll come home on weekends and we can work on spending more quality time together. Between work and school, I wouldn't have much time during the week anyway. And I'm sure you won't mind a little extra time to yourself. I think you better sit down, too. <laughs> now, where would your mind go with this? Does she even love me anymore? So, so first of all, when our finances are already at like a critical low, she's signed up for college. She thinks she's going to be saving a little money by staying at her mom's. I don't know what fantasy universe she exists in, but college isn't saving us money, even if she stays in her car during the week. <laughs> I mean, it brings up anger and resentment in me. You know, why is this sort of a unilateral decision? Why didn't we figure this out together? And honestly, as a guy, even before I go to the money thing, I'm going here. Is she telling me that our relationship isn't what I thought it was. Because, of course, if she really loved me, she would stay home. Okay. All right, well, uh, appropriately so, some of you are groaning, and we're gonna, we're gonna get there for a minute. But I wanna ask you a question about our, our little, my little psychodrama, and thank the two of you for helping me with it. What in this psychodrama is unchangeable. We talked a lot about changes here, right? My job's going to get changed. I might be out of a job. My relationship with, uh, uh, with my wife is changing, and or maybe in a, in a simple way, maybe in a radical way. What isn't changing here? Yes. I'm not changing. It is the same me that got that job and handled it flawlessly and beautiful all this time. It is the same me in here that married the person that I love and am still lovable and capable, full of joy. I have not changed this day in this little hypothetical day here, right? It seems like everything else is changing, but I have not changed in some way. Sharon going back to school does not mean that I am any less or any different 
any less lovable or creative or wonderful? The fact that things are going on at work that might not be to my choosing does not mean that I'm not a good worker, does not mean that I'm not capable, does not mean that I have a worthwhile place in this world. It doesn't even mean that money is an issue, right? Because there is a part of me that will never be touched with something like temporary fluctuation of finances or, or maybe an argument that perhaps Sharon and I were about to have, right? There is a place in me that knows I am safe. There is a place in me that knows I'll be taken care of. There is a place in me that always knows I'm capable and lovable and worthwhile. This is what doesn't change. Now I want to ask you, changes, as we have already discussed, are going to come at me. They're going to come at all of us. We are not going to escape this life without a lot of changes in it. And we can approach these changes from a couple different ways. One of them is to be the brunt of it, to have the weight of all of those changes bearing down on us, us trying to grasp and keep things relatively stable, us trying to define ourselves by what's going on around us. Do you know what I mean? Uh, me um, thinking that I'm only going to be good enough if I've got that job and if I'm making a difference in it. Me only feeling lovable if my wife is, you know, somehow behaving appropriately. <laughs> whatever, whatever in my crazy mind, in my psychodrama mind that is. Do you know what I mean? So we can approach changes that way, which would be to say, no, heavens, I don't want any more pain, so there's not going to be any more changes. Or we can approach a change knowing that there is something that is eternal and changeless in us. We can approach the change knowing that whatever's going on the outside, I am completely whole and focused and ready to add my oomph to the change in a positive way. So are the two of you willing? I'd like to do this one more time. We have a little more information now. And if you're willing, let's see what my psychodrama mind can do with a little more information now. Let's try it again. <laughs> Larry, I've invited you in to talk today to let you know that I won't be your boss much longer. The company is laying off 25% of the workforce and I'll be the first to go. Until more information on reorganization comes out, you'll be working for Debbie. You'll also be assuming job responsibilities for the two other analysts that uh, are leaving. It means that some of your job duties will change and you may require additional training. I know this seems like a lot to digest, but try not to think about it too much. <laughs> Productivity is still the most important thing. Productivity also determines who will get to stay when the layoffs are complete. It's been great working with you. I wish you the best in the future. Who knows, when the dust settles, we may both be working together in some other company. Bye. Mm. Thank you, June. All right. Now, with this new information, first of all, I think I might have the same initial feeling. Do you know what I mean? There is a part of change that still, I mean, I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish about this. 
I think the initial reaction might still be, <gasps> but then we pause. Then we think about what's true about me. I might lose this job. This job might change in wild and strange ways. And what I know is there is something beyond this job that defines me, that I am capable, that I have a source that is not just June, that there is an infinity of good awaiting out there. And then perhaps I can relax into different thoughts about this. Maybe I can have thoughts more along the lines of, I didn't really realize this company was in as bad a shape as it is. What a privilege in some ways it is to be here helping to figure it out. Maybe indeed if I remain productive, if I use my full creativity to bring about some changes here in my own work area, maybe the company can be successful after all. Maybe not. But what I know is if I put the energy of possibility into it, if I, instead of, you know, freaking out, <laughs> put the energy of possibility into it, knowing that as I add my intentions for a great job, for, for stability, for whatever is going to come, knowing that as I add that into the mix, that's part of the change. That is part of the change. Thank you, June. Let's, uh, let's try the trip home, though. Let's see if this goes as well. Welcome home, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry you're home so late. I was hoping that we'd get a chance to really talk. I've decided to go back to school. You know, I've always wanted to finish my degree, so I signed up. I know you might be worried. Our finances have been a little tight for a while. So I decided we could save a little money if I stayed at Mom's during the weekend. You know, she lives so close to campus. That way I won't have all the gas money and the travel time. I'll come home on the weekends and we can spend time working on our quality time together. And between work and school, I wouldn't have much time during the week anyway. I'm sure you won't mind a little extra time to yourself. I gotta tell you, I'm still feeling it the second time. But my thought then is to pause a moment and really listen to what my wife had to say, to really understand that this is about her. This is about her reaching for an inner growth, reaching for some potential in her. Now, I might still have wished there had been a little more communication about it, right? Uh, she may not even know, because you know how husbands are sometimes, partners are. Uh, I may not have been as forthright about what's going on at work, you know? So there might have been some communication that needs to happen here. But what I do know again is that there is a love in me and a love in my partner that time doesn't erase. There is a place within each one of us where relationships are nurtured over time and through changes. If you show me a couple that have made no changes in their relationship or their lives in, you know, 25 years, I would like to take a better look at this and see how happy they are. Because what I know is we all grow as individuals and there will be needs when each half of a partnership or each person in a family or in a friendship relationship will need changes for them to grow and to blossom. And when we are in that place of unconditional love, 
our reaction is, this is wonderful, congratulations, how can I support you? And so rather than it being about me and thinking somehow this change is going to require a, some sort of a lessening of our relationship, I can pitch right in. Do you know what I mean? Our relationship can grow because of this. As a loving witness to a, a friend or a partner who is having a spiritual evolution or, um, or wanting to better themselves and, and grow in some way, this is probably the joy that attracted, me to that attracted me to them in the beginning. This is a continuance of a loving relationship. And the finances, we can figure them out. And what I know is, instead of going to that place of, oh my God, I've got to do all the housework now, and she's going to be gone and spending time with her mom instead of spending time with me, I could be in that creative mode of, wow, she's going to be over at the college town. That would be sort of fun. Maybe on Wednesday nights we can, we can hook up and have some fun together over there. Do you know what I mean? That creativity, again, can be around the love and the growth in the relationship, not like some immediate... <sighs> okay, but I want to give you the permission to feel the... Because <sighs> <laughs> the change is most likely going to provoke that in you first, and that's okay. But ideally, before the mouth started moving, you would have the chance, as I did, to kind of mentally breathe, or maybe physically breathe as well, and know there is a part in me that doesn't change. doesn't matter whether Sharon's gone off to school and I'm spending more time by myself. It doesn't actually matter if Sharon does leave altogether. There is a place in me where I am lovable and capable. There is a place in me that is always good enough. There is a place in me that is as whole and perfect today as the day I was born. And the people and the places and the things in my life may change, and it's okay. The people and the things in my life may change, and I would suggest, think about this, not only is it okay, but may it not bring newness that is wonderful. Every good thing that ever came to you came because something changed and the universe of infinite possibilities is here to tell you that change is probably exactly what you need if you wish to be the architects of your own life i'm going to close today with a quote um, from a new design for living ernest holmes says we generally seem to resist change even change that is better for us we need to learn carefully and surely to permit ourselves to accept the fuller expression of the mind that is within us. Against this, there should be no resistance, for it is in its creative flow that rests our entire future. The greater person we may be and the richer life we desire to enjoy depends upon change. We know that part of us we know that part which causes change, but is never affected by it in any way. And as we gradually attain this sense of security in that which in us does not change, we will find that changes occur about us in a proper perspective. We will have stopped letting ourselves be blown about 
like a straw in the wind. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing called life. And what I know about life, of course, it is change. It's the sun rising and setting. It is the, the, the growth cycle of a plant or a, um, a development cycle of a child. It is our own lives in flux. All of this is God, and all of this is good. And I know it means me. I know that my life is full of change. And as I participate in those changes with an open and loving heart, that the changes are good, that the uh, anxiety just fades away, knowing that I am the architect of my own life. And as it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room. Each person here has the limitless potential that change brings. Each person here is full of the life and the love and the joy and the unchangingness of their own hearts. There is a center and a centeredness in each person in this room that is totally unaffected, totally whole, totally loving, totally capable and worthwhile, no matter what's going on on the outside. And I hold that in my heart today. I know that it's true. I'm grateful for it, even as I'm grateful to be here in the presence of God as it takes the form of each one of these beautiful souls. And so it is with love and assurance that I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be, and so it is. So thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much.